Welcome to podcast 253 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dupe and our very special guest, Mr. Kevin Chapman, also known as Lelujo to some of the football manager folks. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. I like being described as very special. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that can be misconstrued That's potentially by, by some people. No, I'm line. correctly construing it. I am very special and I'm going with it. <laughs> okay. I've just got an awful image now. I'm sorry, this is pre-cod pod conversation, but I can just see, I, I've got an image of Kev's testicles looking like a air freshener in a car. Just, just with the wind. Anyway, sorry Less about. than a minute into the podcast, you mentioned <laughs> testicles. Thank you. Normally it's me who brings stuff like this up, so I'm quite happy that it's not me who's derailing it. <laughs> they, they, they look lovely. We're not getting paid to plug anything. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. That's worse, isn't it? <laughs> Get your Kevin Chapman testicle air freshers here. They will be available on my merch store by the end of the week, probably. <laughs> Can I get 10% please? Absolutely. Kev's magic trees. Yeah. Um, anyway, on this week's pod, we are focusing on lower league management. Some of you may remember uh, a few pods ago that it, uh, one of our usual tangents uh, sprouted questions about handling things in lower league and how things are slightly different. And we thought we better ask the lower league expert and not just lower league, but lower league management. And for those of you that are unaware, that lower league management is is a way or a style of playing football manager. And it kind of, I guess it, it started in the forums, at least that's where my knowledge of it started, um, where you have to be, it's like hardcore mode, FM. Um, so I will basically hand you over to Kev, who will explain what it is and what differentiates it from a standard save that you start at a lower league club, because it's, you are the expert. I am the expert. I'm such an expert that I was banned from those forums because I, <laughs> I was accused of cheating by their rules because I was doing too well in my save. That's how much of an expert I am at being a llama, which is what lower league managers like to call themselves, because... The L, L, and the M, they're all letters that are in Llama. They're, they're a very creative bunch. I'll give them that. But this was my this was my original exposure to anything along the lines of a football manager community back in the... We're probably going back 15 years now that I was hanging out in the LLM forum over at Sports Interactive, which isn't even there anymore. I don't know where it went. It, they brought along a football manager stories forum at some point in the... LLM one kind of disappeared. I think everyone who was on there has kind of grouped up again somewhere else off the site and I can't find them anymore, which is just as well because they don't like me because I'm a big old cheat, apparently. But generally, the rules of an LLM save, as I remember them, because they've kind of morphed into... they Non-League to Legend is seven years in now and it's kind of become its own thing where the rules have kind of tweaked along the way. But the general rules from way back then is no player naming. No tactical discussion of any kind. So no sharing who good players are. Certainly nothing like Wonder Kids lists, anything like that. Um, I am fully committed to that, which is why I never have any idea who footballers are to this day. The moment I joined that forum, stopped watching any football just so that I couldn't bring outside knowledge into my saves. I'm going full hardcore. Uh, but obviously no downloading tactics, no sharing tactical ideas with other people to the point where you would get banned on that forum if you mentioned a player name or a tactic, which made... Doing save updates, very interesting on a forum when you could all you could do is talk about your team but not mention any players or any tactics that you were using. It was a wonderful place for wonderful people like me. 
Um, you're not allowed to use the player search screen at all. Um, you're not allowed to use the staff search screen at all. Any player that you sign has to be someone who's been found by your scouts. So you can't, like I mentioned before, can't bring any kind of outside knowledge into the game. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any. I mean, and then there's, there's, but these are these are rules going back, like I say, 10, 12 years. So I don't really know if they brought if they brought in rules to accommodate things like the new training systems, the tactical presets that you've now got in the game. I would imagine they would have died uh, before the sort of what well, yeah, the form would have I think died they before. Did. But the the people who were the rule monsters probably have decided. I, I mean, I I don't know. I've kind of gone in both directions on it for stuff like the tactical presets in particular because. Um, I use them, as we all know. I like to use them, and I, to me, I think that's actually more realistic. When because to me, LLM is all about trying to play the game as realistically as possible. So the mantra I always bring into Non-Lethal Legend is: I try and make the same decision. I try and make decisions as if I was real life making those decisions. So if I get an offer from a bigger club offering me more money, no matter how much I'm enjoying the club, enjoying the club I'm at, I'll go and take the job at the other club because that's the realistic decision to make and for me i think realistically the tactical presets are the closest to realism you can get because with the best will in the world any tactical fiddling and button pressing that people do in football manager isn't about trying to simulate their football match more accurately it's about trying to find ways to break and exploit the match engine and to me that is more of a break of realism than just going with the tactical presets and saying I want you to play Route 1. Everyone knows what Route 1 is. Just go play Route 1, not Route 1 with all these extra little tweaks that break the match engine and make it all fall over. So to me, I've always kind of leaned towards the tactical presets uh, being an LLM thing, but there might be people out there who completely disagree. But yeah, well, bear in mind, line, you, would have, you, would you would have started that sort of playing LLM saves when tactical presets weren't really a thing. Yeah, or at least we, they were we awful. sliders back when I was... Back when I was on exactly. these forums, yeah. so it was. I mean, it, I, I guess it was more a case of back then, just figuring it out. Back in the olden days, back when the game was still in black and white, it was about trying to just figure it out for yourself. And the key was, don't get tactics from somewhere else. Figure it out for yourself. And I think these these days, these young whippersnappers now who have YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and all this kind of stuff. It's probably much harder to do that, to completely shut yourself off from other people's tactical ideas, unless you just, just decide not to consume any content at all, because you can't watch a Twitch stream without seeing people doing tactics and playing around with stuff. So I guess that side of things are a little bit harder to implement now anyway. But yeah, I, I like tactical presets as part of LLM. I think it's more realistic. <laughs> That's my excuse for I'm, using them. I'll say that, that, that might be a... A slightly controversial opinion. Um, but with lower league management saves, obviously non-league to legend was born. Mm -hmm. you, basically, it's the way that you've played. What did you... What did you sort of... I, maybe enhance is probably, is probably the right word. Uh, what sort of portions of the save did you enhance to make it more like entertaining, as it were? Like, What things did you choose to highlight an area? Like, I'll, I'll throw one example out there. The whole moving house situation yeah. or where you start and things like that. I just went all in on realism as the idea behind it. So, yeah, the the fact that when I am starting a save, I'll always start with the club closest to my house. 
than in the lowest playable league closest to my house. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I were to get an opportunity to become a football manager in real life um, on £200 a week or whatever a non-league football manager is earning, I'm probably not going to move to Ireland to do it because <laughs> why would I? They're not paying me as much money as I could earn working in Asda. I'll just stay where I live, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Not that desperate to do it. I'll carry on working at Asda, earning whatever I'm earning there. So in order to justify taking a part-time job on very little money, to me, it has to be near my house. So I start near my house, and then I need somewhere to live. I need a job to be working alongside it if I'm part-time. When I move clubs, a big consideration has to be where am I going to live? Can I afford to make the move? So it's, say I'm managing my my new non-need to legend for 20, FM23 will be with Peterborough Sports, who've just been promoted to the National League North. They're basically a social club for the uh, for one of the local factories. They've just come up like four divisions in the last couple of years. Is They're that, on their own little road to the, glory. Is that the club that Luke Steele played up front for? Uh, I, I think I, that was Glinton. I'm not sure. It because might. It might have been. It might well have been. I know when we, he was. I know when he was a we youth. Were, he used to play for Glinton. I was going to um, say we would know if you're actually allowed to Google players, but you're not, so we're screwed. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I only know who Luke Steele is because he used to play for Posh. Um, <laughs> which is yeah, why. With, which is why I brought him up. <laughs> with me managing Peterborough Sports for FM23, if Peterborough United offer me a job, it's a no-brainer because I don't have to move house. If Exeter offer me a job. Well, now I need to factor in how much is it going to cost me to... Is it is it worth giving up my, my full-time job working wherever I'm working and my part-time job as the football manager to go manage Exeter? I've got to move house. Can I afford to move house? How do the house prices change down there compared to where they are up in Peterborough? And these are all the, the things that we'll go through in the video. We'll get Google Maps out. We'll get Rightmove out. And we'll figure out if these moves are possible to do. And... Like when it comes time to start moving abroad, I'm I'm learning. I'm getting on Duolingo and seeing if I can pick up any other language. I'm I'm looking into the price of flights. You, You're basically looking into anything realism. you can claim as an expense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> A Duolingo subscription. Yeah, one way. of course. <laughs> I have actually looked up Luke Steele. Uh, it was uh, Peterborough Northern Star Reserves. Ah, and there you go. And Spalding uh, Sunday League side Jubilee as a striker. He also signed for Stamford, who were in the Northern Premier League Division One South East, uh, nice. but as a goalkeeper rather than as a striker. But there you go. Mm, yeah. uh, so it wasn't it wasn't uh, Peterborough Sports. Mm, love love the Luke Steele facts. That's what I'm here for. The reason I know he played for Glinton as a youth is because the goalkeeper took over for him at Glinton Youths when he signed for Posh was my little brother. So. <laughs> he didn't go on to play for Manchester United. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, he had big, big gloves to fill and failed miserably. And I mean, that's that's harsh on on baby brother, but never mind. Well, he didn't um, play for Manchester United. Luke Steele did twice, I think. Uh, I mean, factually, I guess you are correct, but either way, <laughs> sort of familial bias maybe should be applied there. Nah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I think. The whole thing with with like uh, the lower league management thing is starting off low. But was there is there ever a rule that you have to stick with the club, or is that kind of down to your interpretation in See, terms of le- the level of realism? 
Yeah, see, to me, realism-wise, if you're going full LLM rules realism, I think it's quite difficult to justify staying at a club all the way up through the leagues because you wouldn't in real life. If you uh, let's use Peter Sports as the example again, if I get the job at Peter Sports and get them promoted twice in the next three years, there's going to be a proper club offer me a proper salary to go manage them at a proper level. I'm going to go. Everyone's going to go. Nobody is going to stay. The only way you stay there for the next 10 or 15 years is if you don't get promoted, is if you're just sat there bobbling around in the lower leagues. So to me, if you're trying to do it on realism, if you get offered five times your current salary to go and manage someone else, you go because would you You just wouldn't stay. Nobody would stay in those circumstances. So I, I to me, I think road to glory, one club saves are something different. I wouldn't put them within the realms of LLM. Like pure, pure LLM. It's I, I guess it, it depends on on your interpretation of it, and I, I guess that's kind of the whole point of this is that it is down to interpretation. I, I I completely get your point of if you are going for entire re- realism, then you are likely to move. But equally, I'll present you with the situation which is again a real life situation you've signed you just you know you're 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 renting a house and you signed six monthly leases or you've got you've got need to sell your house before you move like I, you've then got to decide can i afford to commute and then rent a place on the other side and well yeah that's, all of that's that sort when of the life job you're being offered comes in and yeah they are the things to think about if if it if you're being offered a 50 pound pay rise to go manage in argentina then probably no if you're being offered an extra six grand a week to move up three divisions and it's only a hundred miles away, then it's an easy yes. So it depends what job you're being offered. Do you ever take the kids into consideration, taking them out of school and the disruption, taking away their friends? In, in football manager land, I have no children. Oh, what well, all, It's always been my policy. <laughs> and the they, they, they complicate things too much. So Plus, effectively, you I'm are cosplaying. Hoping, again, for the full, for the full on realism, I'm hoping to get a real kid come through the academy at whatever club okay. I'm managing, not one of these imposter flesh sacks that live in my house in real flesh life. Sacks. I want a real <laughs> football manager kid. So I like the have fact you ever, that have you you've, have you ever had a because I know when you get to a point in 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 non league legend where you've you've replaced yourself with your hypothetical son as manager, but have you ever actually had a child come through? No, I've been playing since Championship Manager Two, and I've never had a kid come through. I am yeah. horrified. Never had a kid come through, never had a tycoon takeover. I feel like I get a dud copy of the game every year. But yeah, that, yes. that, what you've mentioned there is an important, another important point of LLM. When you get to retirement age, you retire. There's no staying at, there's no keeping your manager going for a 100 year career or something like that. As soon as I'm in the sort so of. So this six- is why you got kicked out of the forums then. <laughs> breaking the rules yeah as soon as you're like 65 70 years old you're looking for that you're looking for that retirement opportunity and then if you're if you're enjoying the save you're enjoying the world that's when dave chapman takes over and he starts at the bottom and he starts working his way up and seeing if he can emulate the achievements of his dad and i've done that many times i've i've had like saves pre YouTube because no one would watch this nonsense on YouTube. This is this is going a little bit too far. But I've had pre YouTube saves where I've gone three or four generations deep, all in the same save file, just because I'm having a lovely time. I quite like that though. Like, yeah, you, I mean, 
because there are there are guys that hold like Guinness World Records for the longest FM save. I would imagine if you'd have stepped kept with the same manager, you'd have probably been reasonably close if you've gone sort of five generations deep. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I don't know if you've noticed I'm a little older than some. Really? Um being being nearly forty, um, you're only getting like twenty five years out of your first manager and then you have to hang it then you're at retirement age and then of course I have to work out, right, well, what's a realistic age for my son to take over? How old? Where where was I managing then? Let's work out where he was born. Let's pick a club near his house, near where he's born. And it all gets very complicated. Fill in the backstory, though. And then what you need to do, if you don't do already, is family tree it. That's that's amazing. That that would be actually a really, like, you carry on the story (laughs) and it's... That would be quite cool, actually. I think having, this is, if, this is why we were, need if, SI to allow you to carry saves over to future versions oh, of the game. If I could, if I could just that. have a Twitch you, save that runs through five real life years, through multiple generations, through multiple versions of the game, and it's just various generations of the same managerial family, and we can look back through the career. Look, this was three hundred years ago when great great grandpa Chapman was managing whoever he was managing. <laughs> that would be incredible, but. You just don't have enough time to do it in a one-year game cycle. But even just you could just log it yourself, like in in within a save, like you just have like this. He was born here when <laughs> I was at this club. Kind of how, like I, I guess like you've got loose examples now where like Alan Carr, for example, as in the comedian, um, hit Graham Carr's son who was most recently i think at newcastle he was the the head of scouting when they the influx of french players came over but he was born and kind of stayed in northampton for quite a while as a result he's inherited the awful northampton accent as well um but it's you you get those weird and wonderful sort of people and and players as well who've who've had sons like harland is another prime example where born in bloody leeds of all places despite his dad being norwegian and and things like that those are the sort of things you only have with when you've got sort of a relatively nomadic job. And unless you, you, you're an army bod or you're a footballer or something like something like that, you don't tend to move around so much. So I think having something like that to story those sorts of stories would be, would be quite It's something I, I've toyed with a similar idea a couple of years ago, because we got to the point where, because I, as much, I always start with the club closest to my house, but I also always do a different club. Um, back when, it, again, back in the pre-YouTube days, I just used to move back and forth between Kettering and Corby every year because they were the two that were near my house. It never really changed who was playable. Um, but once I got to YouTube, Boston had made it back in. So I started with Boston. I moved around various places. It got to one year where I'd got as far as St. Albans. And I was like, St. Albans is quite far from where I live now. This is <laughs> this is getting a little bit silly. I might need a new plan for next year. But then the following year, Kings Lynn got promoted. And then I think the year after Kettering got promoted um, and then I moved house and was quite close to Leamington for last year. And now Peterborough Sports have come up and I'm being flooded with local teams again. So I don't really need to mess with the formula at the moment. But if it gets to the point, because I like to visit all these first clubs and build that relationship with clubs now, I don't want to be driving three hours for for those visits. So if it ever gets to the point where I'm running out of local clubs again, then we might go back and, and revisit the the son of a manager from a save gone by. It's it's similar to what I'm doing at the moment with a save where I managed a club I managed five years ago in non-league legend just because there was unfinished business there. We, I'll always go back and pick at a 
a, a, a loose a loose end from years past if i'm if i'm stuck for an idea there's there's lots of stuff sat there one thing i wanted to ask you because you are famous for doing things on the never never it would well, you say heart. that <laughs> would you say that making money is kind of a secondary priority for you in in that sort sort of area because you're you kind of have to be selfish don't you you're looking for your own personal achievement yeah, and I'm the manager and advancement the over anything else so but would you say that a part of a lower league management save it's important to worry about finances or in terms of like the rules quote unquote or is this again down to interpretation uh, to me it's the, the this is probably the biggest change for a non-neater legend compared to a typical LLM. LLM will have a rule. I don't know what the rule is, but there'll they'll be a rule. For me, it's very much what would I do if I was in this scenario in real life? And I would be more worried about succeeding on the pitch because I'm not when I'm when I'm applying for my next job, they're not going to judge me based on what size the overdraft was at my previous club. They're going to judge me based on, oh, you got three promotions. That's awesome. Come come manage us. That's great. So as long as I'm not being an absolute nutcase with it, as long as I'm sticking to the budgets that the board are setting, if the board are setting irresponsible budgets, that's on them. I'm not the board. I don't own the club. I don't care. If they tell me we've got £100 million to spend, I'll spend £100 million. If they let me turn that £100 million into £300 million with never-never payments, <laughs> if they let me do it, then I'll do it. The onus is on them to the next year give me less transfer budget if they don't that's their problem as long as i'm sticking to the budgets that i'm set i don't really care what the club bank balance is because if it gets really really bad i'll just jump ship and go manage somebody else realism have you ever looked back have you ever looked back to see how badly you left clubs like financially after you've gone i mean i don't want to ruin the illusion for everybody out there in listener land but Football manager just looks after you. you they the, the damage is never permanent. You always get the mysterious soft drink sponsorship or the takeover or the um, the investment from the board. It never gets that bad. It really doesn't. And worst case scenario, because I'm focusing on signing good players, absolute worst case scenario, they'll just sell a couple of the players and clear the debt in no time. So in my experience, no matter how far i've pushed things and how silly it's got generally the clubs are always all right i did a beta save with leicester a couple of years ago where we ended up with harlan neymar donnarumma within like three years of the start of the save we had an absolute wonder team of superstars and um they were massively massively in debt when the beta save ended i went five years in the future they still had most of those players they were still dominating european football and the debt was gone because football manager just looks after you it it's one of the things that they kind of need to be modeling a little bit better, which I get the the response. I don't even know if this is an actual response from SI or if this is just what people think, but the whole you can't have it bankrupting clubs thing. Yeah, but you can have clubs going to administration. That happens. So it just needs to happen a bit more often, I think, when people do stupid stuff. But it, it doesn't. The game looks after you. And because of that, you don't really need to worry too much about the finances. Yeah, if people are sat there thinking, what does he mean by drink sponsor? You haven't spent enough. That's my <laughs> way of looking at it. Yeah, right? exactly. If you don't know about that, you ain't spent far enough. Yeah, or the what, telecoms company. 
Yeah, I had it with my buy-in save uh, where I'm trying to get to the top of the Hall of Fame. And one season, I think I spent £1.2 billion because they let me. Yeah, I've, I've had it. Bayern are the club to overspend with. I've had a, I've had a billion pound year yeah. with Bayern. They are insane. It's a money printing machine. Crikey. Imagine if me and Kev had a little woods card. We'd be fucked, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you were going to go for a... A German economy joke, but no, you've gone for Little Woods, but never mind. Same difference. Uh, I mean, it, mm, it, it would have been a very niche German joke, uh, German financial joke, but uh, which next and only would have gone. Yeah. Unless, unless you've studied the Weimar Republic. Only, uh, then, only once this week, to be fair. Yeah, I was going to say it's uh, it's it's where they no, never mind. We're not going to go down that route. That's that's a, that is a tangent that nobody needs. <laughs> so uh, unless you're interested Do in nineteen thirties, I'm history, sure we'll all read it. Do at a me, thread, it'll Twitter, be fine. Yeah. If you're interested, at me, and then uh, we'll find see how that, though, the niche you, audience what, of a niche audience of a niche audience. <laughs> what is really interesting, and this is a bit of a tangent to what we're going off, is. I, I've done that with my better save with Leeds where I absolutely outspent what I should have outspent and then spent five years playing it offline trying to rep, trying to get them back into the into the right side of the of the line. That was actually quite fun. And I know like I know you like to spend big and that's fine, but like sometimes I reckon you should try and do one where you do it on a budget. Well yeah, one of my most fun saves I've had was the Barcelona save I did last year where um the whole premise of the save was I've got four years to pay off all their debts. And that was loads of fun. It was, I think it was like we started with like a one and a half billion pounds worth of debts, but it paid off within four years. Really? And won the Champions League because I'm that good at the game. I'm that Pink good. Spots are coming through, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I guess we've talked about money, but in terms of signing players, you, you said like there are restrictions that you have to play by in terms of the players that are available that you can sign. Hmm. Um, when you're lower down, that becomes particularly difficult when you you potentially have at most one scout, sometimes none. Like So in both of those scenarios, no scouts and some scouts, what do, would you do in that situation? Trial days are a big thing. Um, it's something that people don't tend to do very much, um, but do a trial day. Just you, you ask your board, they'll set you up a trial day, and players can come in and some of them might be any good um director of football if you've got one um even because it lets you take director of football recommendations even if you don't have one but i again if i don't have a director of football, i can't have the recommendations they tend to be they, they it does uh they Those are, are the chairman recommendations if yeah. you don't have a director of football. okay well i don't do them if i don't have a director of football uh, but if i've got, i always get a director of football so that i can get director of football recommendations they're usually pretty good um or just waiting and seeing with the scout report the recruitment meeting's been a big help with that i think you because they used to be going back a year or two i would go you'd perhaps get to christmas of the first season before you started getting proper decent players coming through the scout reports so you'd be a little bit later making your moves of course you don't have the transfer windows to worry about deep in the lower leagues uh, but the recruitment meeting means you generally get i don't know 20 unattached players who are being thrust down your neck couple of weeks in just get him in all, all in on trial that's made things a lot easier i feel really bad about the trial day not, not the trial day but taking players on trial because what happens is is if you don't know i'm assuming you play with attribute masking on mm -hmm. so you can't see all the attributes so 
when they come in and you trial them, I think it's for two weeks, so you then get to see all their attributes. But you get, the minute they walk through the door, you get a better picture anyway. I always feel like I'm stood there at a clipboard at the end of the bus. And then one of them walks off and you go, huh, no, get back on the bus, mate. No, yeah, you come through. No, you back on the bus, mate. They're yeah, really I, guilty. I did a save with Brian Man Argentina. last year. They were coming in on the boat. And I was like, <laughs> hold the boat, <laughs> come, yeah, hold the boat. In, yeah. and just hang about. We're, we're going to be sending some of these lads back. And I'd sit there on stream. Yeah, you're literally going straight back. Yeah, straight back, back on the boat. You're away. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad. Guy's flown in from Brazil, missed his mum's funeral. But yeah, I'm sending him straight back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Brutal. What a life. I, I mean, I, that is... I, I've done a similar thing where I guess I... I wouldn't even say I abuse trials, but it's it's a tool that you have, particularly in the lower leagues. That In fact, I do it at any level, yeah. in, especially when money is a, a struggle. When when I was at Groningen in, in my current save... In comparison to the likes of Ajax and PSV, you've got no money, and so you have to maximise sort of the free the free market to see if there are any good players, um, and also because you don't really want to get tied into a contract that you because it's like five grand to Groningen is a lot of money for a contract to on a player that is just going to get completely wasted and you're never going to play them. So you have to have the best view of the player and their attributes before you actually decide to get them to sign. But lower lower down, it's the only way I feel like you can survive, especially if your board won't allow you to have scouts. It's you don't and but if you if you follow non league football in, in real life, you'll know that clubs frequently have trial days when they don't have games. That I remember when Kettering were were not in they were in the it would have been the Southern Central Premier Division, I think. It was this, whatever the the division that they were in prior to get, going up into the the Conference North. But they frequently, when they didn't have games on those particular weeks, they would always have trialist squads in trying to recruit new players. So it, it's something that does happen quite frequently lower down the footballing pyramid. Uh, and so I don't think it's as an abuse as much as people may potentially accuse you of and also i think there is kind of a hard number that fm stops you having more than 50. 30 trialists oh, yeah, at one. Yeah. it's 50 mm. i think it's 30 or 50 right? i think it's yeah. 30 because <laughs> i always hit it <laughs> yeah yeah on and, the first of july get... i'm getting 30 trialists in that's why they're yeah. getting sent back on the boat so i can get another 30 in by lunchtime <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a very like that's a if you don't use that tactic even if like Regardless of whether you're looking at doing a, like a, a hardcore lower league management save or you're just looking to, to play with some restrictions, maximising those trialists. The thing is, you can't trial everyone either. Like, so it becomes quite difficult to try and cherry pick. I, I mean, what are my little tactics? And it, it kind of, I guess it's not really. If, if I get suggested a player... And that it says that they're wanted by someone else. I'll look and see what the club is. Oh yeah, to see. I do that all the time yeah. because that gives you an inkling to like their level. So if it's teams in the division below you, if it gives you that, um, then it's like maybe I'm not worth. But if the division higher or the same division, you know, it's worth they're worth a squirt, as it were. Um, so it's all those you know eking out the little bits of information because I think. Equally, you would know if other clubs are in for a player like that because they would probably tell you when it comes down to contract negotiation, if nothing else. I love that phrase, in for a squirt. Um, 
Kev, quick question then. Uh, is it Are they always professional teams or do you get semi-professional? And how do you balance with that transition if you have? Even amateur sometimes. Wait, okay. Not as deep as amateur. Um, the, amateur ones are, are, the amateur ones are loads of fun because the players will just come and go constantly throughout the season. Are you all right there, too? Yeah. Great. Yeah, you having, having a nice time? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm listening. Good. Um, yeah, with the amateur ones, they'll just come and go throughout the season. Um, and you just kind of have to have a constant flow of new players coming in. But of course, you're not paying them anything. So you can have a massive squad and squad management is great. As soon as someone's unhappy, well, off you go then. You're away. Uh, Be gone oh with boy. you. Um, so that one's quite its frustrating because you never have players for anyone who's any good doesn't stick around for more than about six months. So the ones that are rubbish, you want to get rid of. But you might not be able to replace. So amateurs always interesting. Semi-pro works the same as professional, really. The the thing with semi-pro is you have to focus in a little bit more on current abilities rather than potential ability. Because at semi-pro, you're not really going to develop these players with sometimes just one training session a week. If you're playing twice a week, you're not re they're not really training at all, and so they don't develop very much. So um, tend to just get a few more of the older journeyman pros in when I'm semi-pro. And then as soon as we're professional, that's when we start dragging in the youngsters and trying to try to find a way to, to sort of fund the club. Cause usually if you've come, if you've kind of come up a couple of divisions with a club, um, obviously you're going to be much skinter than most of the other teams around. You've got a smaller fan base and the only way to kind of generate any kind of transfer kitty for yourself is to keep a constant flow of, young free transfers coming in that you can sell on for a few quid come January so you've got a little bit of money to reinvest. Interesting. You you mentioned training there mm. um, and that's one of the things that I think especially when you're semi-pro and lower you will struggle with. Um, how What do you do in terms of managing fitness at that sort of level is it do you just pretty much like uh, once pre-season is done and dusted do you focus purely on uh, like the match preparation or do you actually try to get some what would be classed as I guess proper quote unquote training in if you can it's, it's literally just keeping them fit really it's it, by and large it's delegated to my assistant manager because Shock. again in real life don't own a tracksuit <laughs> I ain't gonna buy one I ain't gonna go stand in the mud when I've got an office am I um, on, that's a lie you've, you've got countless like garments from football clubs you've managed only the top half though on the, on the bottom half, I'm just wearing my Manscaped underpants. Okay, can I make a suggestion? <laughs> Could you put one of them on now, please? No, they're all, up in my, they're all up in my special box that I keep upstairs in my bedroom. I've got a special box of football garments. Um, I don't think there's any in here. No. Because I've not got I've not got any for my current save, so they're all upstairs in the box. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I leave it mostly to the assistant manager. I'll sometimes intervene a little bit if the players are clearly completely shattered. Um, or not, you know, it, it's, you've got someone you need to retrain the position for, stuff like that, but it's rare I'm going to get involved in training. Uh, but it really is just a case of keeping it fit. And I would just recommend if you're, certainly if you're if you're lower down in like the amateur or the semi-pros, um, amateur, they're not costing you anything. Semi-pros, you can get players on non-contracts. Just have a slightly bigger squad than you would have done ordinarily so that you can, um, so that you can cover for, players who maybe pick up suspensions or injuries and you've got someone else to draft in. Uh, you generally don't have transfer windows lower down. So if, you, if you've if you got 
if your goalkeeper gets injured for six months, if he's on a non-contract, you can just release him and bring somebody else in Heartless to replace him. Chapman. Look, Heartless. he's take even if they're non-contract and they're pay per appearance because of the way FM works it out for the wage budget. They're still allocated a chunk of wage budget, so you might still have to release them. They're not going to get being paid anyway. If he's broken his arm, he ain't going to be in goal, is he? So he's not getting paid either way. You might as well just tell him to not bother, not bother coming in. Just Saves stay the at home. Money. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I'll just replace him with somebody else. So you have a little bit more flexibility to do transfers mid-season as well. So there's there's little things that you just get used to doing. It's not unusual to go and bring a player in in March or November or whenever it might be. And it's certainly not unusual to just be releasing people or having people leave to go somewhere else. Once that six-month golden period after they've signed for you ends, you, you, could, you, you don't even need an in-game calendar when you're managing an amateur club because you'll sign everybody on the 1st of July and then as soon as it gets six months after they've signed, they'll all leave because that's when, oh, I've been here six months, I'll go now. And they just all go on the same day. What was can is there like a, a particular example where because of like how non contracts work and effectively you are they're on a pay per play or per game they play plus whatever bonuses? Um, have what's the worst situation you found yourself in when they've been signed from underneath you when you didn't want them to be signed? I don't know if if that question even makes sense. So I, I lose, mean- losing. Losing a player that you didn't want to lose, basically, because they're on a non-contract rather than fixed terms. I mean, you kind of just make your peace with the fact it's going to happen a lot. I don't have any... I don't. I try not to get too attached to them if they're not on a proper contract, because you know they're going to be gone before too long. Um, Never so, fall in love with a lone player. Exactly. Um, the hardest thing is when you get that little bit bigger and you've got players who are now on contract, but your club is skint. So the chairman starts selling them out from under you for absolute peanuts like i've had an example um a couple of years ago i had a player who came through our youth system when we were in like the conference north i think and fulham in the premier league made an offer for him that the chairman deemed too good to refuse for two thousand eight hundred pounds <laughs> that hurt that stung a little bit. Chairman had a couple of car payments that month. Yeah, we uh, we signed him back in the championship because he and he was he played for us in the Premier League eventually. Uh, that was on one of my one club saves. But um, yeah, it stings a little bit when you get these absolute ridiculous chairmen who, I mean, the the club wage budget at the time was probably six grand a week. It's like you've sold him because it's too good to refuse. It's half of our wage budget for the week. And he's going to the Premier League. For goodness sake, you probably could have got four grand for him, maybe. You could have pushed a little bit harder. <laughs> it's annoying and they never put like a um like a buyback percentage or sorry, a profit percentage no. or sell on percentage, which oh yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> I've I've uh, had a actually in this in this year, say when I was at Billericay, I had managed to I think I can't remember if I'm, if this was in the conference. I think it, no, it wasn't the conference. I'd managed to pick up a guy on non-contract terms, and then because he was that good, and in half a season, I think he scored about forty goals or something ridiculous. I signed him in the January, kind of to cover an injury, and didn't realise how good he was potentially going to be. And I can't remember his name. He's a, he is an actual player, but then Burton came in for him for like four hundred grand, and I was like, I can't, 
one, he won't stay even though he's on a, a contract anyway, because I think he was on about 950. Basically, he signed a full-time contract for what it cost me to play him per week anyway. So I wasn't... It was just that he was on an actual contract for a year. But yeah, Burton came in and then never played him, which was one of those sorts of situations, I guess. But the fact that they came in with 400 grand for someone who was now 25, was never they're, they're not going to get any better than they are now. And they... Burton were in League One at this point. He wasn't League One standard. I don't think he was even League Two standard, really. I think he would have been found out quite quickly at that level. I think he was just a bit of a non-league monster because he was quick and could finish, and that was pretty much it. Um, so I quite like finding those little gems. Have you ever had anyone come through a youth system where they've been incredible and either been sold from underneath you, but then you've been able to sign them back sort of further on down the journey? Yeah, this this guy, this guy I was talking about before, we got him back in the championship, and he played for us in the Premier League. Um, I've had a couple of a, a couple of instances with it. I've had some. My favourite way to do it, and this one, the chat go nuts about. They hate this because it's <laughs> oh, it's so unrealistic. Kevin is five year loans, um, but when I <laughs> when you sell a player, loan him back, loan him again, loan him again, loan him again. Contract expires, signing back on a free transfer. That's that my favourite one. That is, yeah. I, Love I actually that. had had that, but not in in uh, non-league, but I had it, it was would have been FMO5 and probably FMO6 that I did it as well, actually, but not quite to the same extent. Uh, Morton Gamps Pedersen, when he was at Blackburn, Chelsea would always be sniffing around him straight away for season one. Uh, and I think I managed, I kept him for two seasons and then finally they came, I said, right, you can have him for 50 million, expecting them not to say yes because he was only worth 20 at that point. And they just said, okay. <laughs> Bearing in mind, this was, would have been the early days of Roman Abramovich as well. Um, so, and then I thought, right, okay, I don't really fancy trying to resign like a replacement, so loaned him until the end of his contract for the three seasons. And then, so he, bear in mind, he would have been, I don't think he'd even turned 30 at that point. So I signed him back in his palm, had him for every season and then signed him back for like for for free which i just that i don't know how unrealistic it is not in this day and age because like think about the likes of zaha he may not have gone on a free but he was loaned back to palace because mm. he didn't cut it at united and then wow. they re-signed him and you you see it happen quite frequently chelsea are like the prime architect architects of doing this they, they just do it the wrong way they just end up <laughs> loaning them out then selling them for a fee and then buying them back for three times the fee that they sold him for but you know they, they may learn eventually I did that with young Eddie and Ketcher in my Forest Green so uh, loaned him in in League 2 loaned him in League 1 loaned him in the Championship loaned him in the Premier League then he went out of contract and I, I bought him I got him on a free and then sold him back to Arsenal right at the end of the save <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's why he's on, he's got a shirt on the wall up here. But yeah, lovely. Right. Well, I th don't think I've got any further questions, Kevin, um, for your lower league management expertise. Is there anything else? Any any final tidbits of knowledge that you want to share with the listenership before we depart? I don't think so. I think we've uh, I think we've covered everything off that needed to be covered. Everyone is now just as much of an LLM expert as I am. You can all consider yourself llamas. Congratulations. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I have got People don't usually image. present certificates when they come on this podcast, but everyone, you've earned a certificate. If you just email Matt, he'll, uh, he'll get the certificates out to you all. He'll love that. <laughs> 
Yeah, they will be definitely ignored. I'm going to set, set up a spam filter for the word llama. Just set up now. an auto-reply that has a certificate on. How hard is that to do? Come on. Yeah. Just send it to I Dave mean, has a party at, <laughs> un, un, at a, underscore, <laughs> underscore 11. He, he loves doing that, little graphics things. He'll love making a certificate. Uh, is, isn't it badboy underscore Dave 2000 at hotmail.co.uk or something? Anyway. Well, thank you for joining us, Kev. Um, that does bring episode 250 three to a close you can find the links for each of us including mr chapman in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content five star potential is available on itunes spotify and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week thank you all for listening there'll be more from us next week and also don't forget to check out dupes london monarchs kits the description link will be there also uh, where all of the proceeds or the profit from that we'll be going to spread a smile uh, I guess that's it say goodbye folks goodbye folks see you in another 253 episodes everybody <laughs> spoilers Here we go. Sports time. I've played a insert sports game here before, but I'm going to give it everything I've got.